Hey everyone, welcome to the industry show. I'm your host, Nitin Bajaj, and joining us today is Mark Roderick, founding partner of Lex Nova Law. Mark, welcome on the show. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to join you today. The pleasure is all ours. So Mark, tell us a little more about you. Well, I always introduce myself by saying I'm, I'm a boring corporate lawyer. Um, I've been practicing law since 1840. Um, <laughs> and that that whole time I've, I've been representing entrepreneurs and their businesses. I started life actually as a tax lawyer back in the tax shelter days and, and have been, you know, practicing corporate law and mergers and acquisitions and all that. How and when did you get started in crowdfunding? But representing entrepreneurs, you spend a lot of time helping them raise money. If entrepreneurs need capital, that's the lifeblood of business in a capitalist system. So I, I did a lot of that in 2012 when this Jobs Act came on the horizon, the law that created crowdfunding. I said to myself, wow, this is going to be super exciting and important and disruptive to the capital formation industry. And I, this is something I want to be a part of. So that was eight years ago. And I've really just been doing crowdfunding, you know, ever since. It's almost turning into a whole career. How big is the crowdfunding space today? The crowdfunding market um, consists of two different markets. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is it consists of real estate mm -hmm. and then it consists of everything else. Mm -hmm. Putting the pandemic aside, I mean, real estate had grown what would be the annual size? I don't know if it would be a billion dollars. Could be in that in that ballpark, you know, a billion dollar a year industry. Um, and then everything else put together is maybe 5% of that, something like that. I mean, those are just, you know, rough numbers. So majority of the crowdfunding dollars go to real estate transactions. Do you expect this trend to continue going forward? In real estate now, you are routinely, say, seeing $5 million deals, you know, be funded very quickly, 24 hours, you know, two hours, $10 million deals, $15 million deals. Um, I mean, those are real deals. If you can raise five or $10 million of equity for a deal, and let's say, you know, the loan to value is 65%, I'm not gonna do the math in my head, but you could certainly be talking about a total $15, $20 million deals um, being done pretty routinely. And that's a big piece of the deals that are done in this country every year. Um, so, uh, and just growing, you know, 2019 was by far the biggest year. So it, it is growing in a greater than linear fashion. Crowdfunding for most is campaigns on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, but there is more to it than that. I believe there is about two or three different kinds of offerings. So tell us a little more about it. In the universe of crowdfunding, there's two uh, pieces. One is the Kickstarter Indiegogo, 
um, which we call donation-based or rewards-based crowdfunding mm -hmm. because when you give money to someone on Kickstarter, you don't get anything in return or you get a baseball cap or you get a, a, a watch if the company ever makes any watches, but you don't get a return. You, it, it isn't an investment, it's a gift. The other part of the universe, we call it equity crowdfunding. Um, and that doesn't mean it's equity in the technical sense. In fact, a lot of equity crowdfunding is, is actually debt. We call it equity crowdfunding just to distinguish it from rewards-based crowdfunding. All of equity crowdfunding was created by the Jobs Act, um, signed into law by President Obama. It created three kinds of crowdfunding, flavors, I, ca I, I call them. Um, and we, we refer to them based on the section of the Jobs Act they're contained in. So you'll often hear, to the, hear these three flavors referred to as Title II crowdfunding, Title III crowdfunding, and Title IV crowdfunding. So recently, the SEC proposed a few changes to the crowdfunding laws. Give us a rundown of maybe the top two highlights that you think are most significant. One is in Title III crowdfunding, the amount you could raise was limited. It was limited to a million dollars. There's startups that, you know, can use less than a million dollars. And that number is going to be raised to five million. The difference between one million and five million in the world of startups is a huge difference, as I'm sure you know. The other change that was made, one of the rules in Title III is it limited how much each person could invest. What the SEC is doing with these proposals is to say, well, there's still going to be a limit on how much non-accredited investors can invest, but for accredited investors, they don't need our protection. So they are free to invest all they want. You're also an expert in fintech. Give us a couple of intersections between crowdfunding and the fintech space. Well, the world of fintech, you know, includes lots of things. It, it, you know, any kind of technology that is going to have an impact on the financial sector is, is, is technically fintech. But the big picture is that crowdfunding is just the internet. That's all crowdfunding it is, is, you know, we use the internet for every aspect of our lives. It's just raising capital online. It's bringing, you know, what does the internet do when it uh, comes into an industry? It directly connects buyers and sellers, gets rid of all the middlemen. In this case, that means investors and entrepreneurs. It drives down costs. It drives up efficiency. It drives up transparency. So, you know, that's what crowdfunding is. It's just the internet. But don't forget all those special legal rules. <laughs> 